This episode of Field to Fork was produced as part of the Seattle Good Business Network's Good Food Economy Program and supported by Eat Local First, home of the Washington Food and Farm Finder, Washington's source for local food. Find local farms, seafood, and more at eatlocalfirst.org. This is the Field to Fork podcast, where we take you on a deep dive into the local food economy of the Puget Sound region, from farming operations to fine dining and everywhere in between, going to the source to find out how food comes to be and gets to you, direct from the people making it happen. I'm your host, Keith Bacon, and with me is my new co-host, Becky Salengut. Hi, Becky. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Actually, you know, I've been wanting to use that button for a while that's an applause but it sounds more like a waterfall it does it's, i think i have to go pee <laughs> sorry about that <laughs> it's okay how's it going it's going great good we had a really good time at the good food connections event we had so much fun and that's what we're going to talk about today Woo! for starters i wanted to go back in time a little bit <laughs> and talk to the main person who made this event happen mariah de leo here's my interview with mariah about how Good Food Connections all came together. My name is Mariah DeLeo, and I am the Good Food Economy Program Manager for Seattle Good Business Network. How did you first get involved in our local food economy? Probably when I was about 15, and I started working at Marlene's Market and Deli. Mm -hmm. I worked as a market clerk, a deli clerk, barista, and then supervisor, and then assistant manager, and then became the store manager when I was in my early 20s. So from there, I went away for a while, but I I came back from Brussels, where I was going to graduate school, and I started working at a company called Chinook Book, which Mm -hmm. was a coupon book for sustainable businesses. Oh, yeah. So we would go out and just curate like a list of businesses of all kinds, kind of retail businesses, but food was my focus, my passion. All the restaurants that were sourcing locally and sustainably retailers and CSAs, that kind of thing. So I was really involved in the food side there and doing marketing for them through first the book. And then we had a mobile app and we would write content pieces that were education based about what sustainability meant mm-hmm. um, and got a back door into the general issues that all small businesses face in trying to source and procure locally. And when my time at Chinook Book ended with my first maternity leave, I decided to reach out to Seattle Good Business Network, Mm -hmm. who was a partner throughout many of the years working at Chinook Book, and who was doing a lot around values-based business connecting and also support and promotion. And so I just talked to them about, I want to support the local sustainable food economy here in the Seattle Puget Sound area. And this grant they had just been awarded happened to be just coming into play. And I applied for that role and got it. And that's how I ended up where I am now. So I would say, basically, I've been doing something in the food system for the last 25 years. Wow. And uh, how did the idea for Good Food Connections come about? So when I was hired at Seattle Good Business Network, they had been working with Forks, which was an organization that had put on an event called the Farmer Fisher Chef Connection. Mm -hmm. And they were working with Forks to be become, I believe it was their fiscal sponsor, to help find funding to continue to put Farmer Fisher Chef Connection on. And so they went in on a grant together with King Conservation District Mm -hmm. to hold that conference and also do some smaller workshops throughout the year and host an online community platform as well. 
And they received that grant. And at the time, Forks, from my understanding, Forks just broke up or dissolved. I'm not really sure the the (laughs) details, but... Didn't work out. Yeah, it didn't work out. And (laughs) so Seattle Good Business Network had this grant to then hold this conference basically on its own. And my first day was in March of 2020. Mm -hmm. So I came into this thinking I was going to have a year to basically put on this epic event. And... Surprise! Everything shut down. Yeah. Yeah. And so my very first meeting was just a crisis meeting. It was mm-hmm. like restaurants doors are closed. Farmers are like, where am I going to put all this food? It was from that very moment on, it became just a response. We still had our fundamental goal of connecting the local food system. We just had to figure out how to do it in a different way and based off of the needs of all of the different food businesses and organizations across the food system. Right. So We did end up putting on a virtual event Mm -hmm. February of the next year with Sustainable Connections, who ran a Northwest Farm to Table trade meeting, and with Business Impact Northwest, who runs Food Biz Week. And so we did collaborate and do a virtual one that we did in 2021 and 2022, which is all just a big precursor to finally, you know, feeling like we were in a good enough place to hold it in person. Gotcha. And one of your producing partners for Good Food Connections was the Tilt Alliance. How did that partnership work? Till's been in this business and in this space for just such a long time. It felt like there was no one else that we'd want to partner with. They have such a strong connection to the farm community here locally. And the person that I was working with, Cheryl Weiser, has just a really long history of doing this work from when she was at Cascade Harvest Coalition, helping to put together Puget Sound Fresh, which was one of our very first online directories, or I should say paper directories, then mm-hmm. online directories of local farms and food businesses, then to Seattle Tilth. Seattle Tilth merged with Cascade Harvest Coalition and one other, I think, to create Tilth Alliance, which is now a statewide organization, but they still do a lot of work here in King County. And so we actually worked together through the Eat Local First Collaborative, which we're a part of, that basically created and manages the Washington Food and Farm Finder. So we're already in partnership and we just thought we would go in on this grant with King Conservation District together to just join forces and make sure that all of the communities that we represent are really well supported. Because of our work, we have connection to food manufacturers through Seattle Made and restaurants through Seattle Restaurant Week. It just made sense that we would partner with Tilth to also reach a broader farm community. It's a really robust agenda for this inaugural event. How did you put it all together, all the different participants and panelists and presenters and tasting vendors? What was the process like for creating this? Yeah, uh, kind of amazing (laughs) that it was so complex. We did this in about three months. Wow. Yeah, I am still to this day a little surprised at what we were able to do, but perhaps (laughs) not. It was three years in the making. So all of the work that we've been doing from... March 2020 on has been really hosting a lot of listening sessions. We had smaller workshop series like the Good Food Resilience Series, Mm -hmm. where we were talking to different people about initiatives and things that were happening in our local food system. And so we've just been creating relationships um, over this entire period of time. And I would never, I don't think we would have ever been able to put this event on actually in 2020, looking back at all of the kind of slow relationship building we've done over the past three years. Right. Uh, we created a program called Good Food Kitchens, mm-hmm. which basically invests in restaurants who are preparing kind of nourishing, culturally relevant meals to community members facing food insecurity through partnering with community organizations mm-hmm. and also sourcing locally. And so 
that came about part of as that response to the pandemic. And so many of the relationships we created came through Good Food Kitchens and our work there. Mm -hmm. And just in general, you know, I would say a lifetime of interest in food labor issues and equity and sustainability. All of these things have been really at the forefront of our program and the work that we do in general. So we've just been keeping an eye on who's doing what work where. Right. And so, you know, it just became what's topical right mm -hmm. now. Food labor shortage is topical mm -hmm. um, and food labor conditions are always at the front of our mind. How do we talk about those two things together? Right. What does it look like? Another was land access, equitable land access. These are just topical ideas that are just really vital to the health of the food system yeah. that have just come together over all of the kind of conversations we've had over the past. So. I had a long list. <laughs> when it came time to plan this event, we had a long list of people that we wanted to hear from in terms of speakers and vendors that I've been kind of watching and really excited to to bring on board. We brought in some smaller vendors and some newer vendors to this space, certainly Seattle Made members that we've had long relationships with and newer ones like Milpa Masa, who's making stone ground tortillas mm -hmm. from fresh corn. And we're just really excited to have those new partnerships and be able to feature them to a large kind of grocery and restaurant buying audience. Right. So Good Food Connections was like an opportunity to put all these conversations and programs and people on stage and create an opportunity for people to talk to each other, which I think is so important. Yeah, the core of the Good Food Economy program is really connecting. It's connecting the Puget Sound local food economy, strengthening that local pipeline, shortening, I should say, and strengthening mm -hmm. that local food pipeline, and building a resilient, sustainable, and just local food economy. That's the core of everything we do. And we did that partially through Good Food Forum, which is our online community, mm -hmm. to make those connections, make those business connections, those resource connections. We've been doing that since the very beginning. And this is a way of making all of that happen live right. and put everybody in a room around the proverbial one table all together mm -hmm. at once. And beyond just supporting farmers and food producers in general, there was a clear effort put into the event in highlighting BIPOC-centered and led projects. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. As I mentioned, equity is one of the core important parts of the Good Food Economy program. Our food system is built in part on the theft and exploitation of labor. So much of it was based on racism. Obviously, it all starts with slavery in this country and then moves forward with a number of discriminatory policies and practices that have been put in place. What that means over time is that we see a food system where there are large gaps and racial disparities and socially disadvantaged groups all kind of faring less in the food system. And it's vital that we identify what those disparities are and really focus on facilitating or nurturing those initiatives that are helping to basically repair that harm, mm -hmm. that are putting BIPOC folks, LGBTQ folks forward and letting their initiatives around food sovereignty and economic opportunities mm -hmm front and center, making sure that they're leading the way and we're behind supporting what we do with the resources that we have and making sure that we're building a new system and re-envisioning a new food system that works for everyone. And it works for everyone when we focus on those who have experienced the most harm. Yeah, it's such important. And 
honestly, exciting work. There's a lot of mm -hmm. enthusiasm around this at the event, which we should acknowledge the event is done. We're talking about this in the post. Becky and I had an amazing time there. Now that it's over, what were some of your personal highlights? I know that you were busy running around managing so many <laughs> things, but did you have some aha moments that just really made you smile? The whole day, I think I had a smile on my face. It felt like a really successful event. Just the fact of it happening, we ended up selling out of all of our tickets. We had a wait list. I think we oversold our tickets by about 15. And we're very careful about being able to let people in, make sure everyone had food to eat yeah. and a seat. But the fact that there was that much enthusiasm yeah. just out the gate was just fulfilling. We didn't know what was going to happen mm -hmm. when we finally put this on and what the reception would be. And so just that enthusiasm on its own. And again, you know, core number one thing we wanted was just get everybody in a room and get them talking. Mm -hmm. It's about connecting people. And all day long, wherever we looked, there wasn't anyone sitting in a corner by themselves. Everyone was talking and yeah. people were talking all day at tables, in corners, standing at the back of the room. It was so wonderful. And I didn't have as much time as I would have liked to talk to so many of people whose you know relationships I've made over this past time. But I just got a lot of feedback that people were making connections, that they really valued the event and that they wanted more. And yeah. that's just all I could ever ask for. And I'll say I also couldn't attend all of the sessions that I'd spent such a long time building, yeah. which was just such a shame because <laughs> I wanted to hear every single one of those conversations yeah. and I couldn't. So I just had to listen in and just the quality of the conversation and the topics that were discussed and the resources shared. Mm -hmm. Um and the lights that went on for some people, just putting them all on a panel together and really literally seeing the connection, for instance, in the future of food labor, seeing that connection between farm worker and farm and restaurant and how the working conditions across all three are so vitally connected. Mm -hmm. But that was something that you literally saw in person on stage. And I think that really resonated Um Maybe not for the first time, but in, maybe in a different way for a lot of people. And it just felt, okay, the conversation we wanted to happen with all of these folks who are working in various different sectors, it happened. It really seemed to land. And then the tasting event was amazing. <laughs> so much good food yeah. in one very small space. And I shouldn't say too small, but everything was so good. And it was just a delight to see people delighting in all of the producers that were there, meeting them face to face, buying. There was a lot of people walking away with big shopping bags. Yes. Which is great. Myself included. Awesome. I've been to my fair share of industry and networking type events. And this, it didn't feel like a, an industry thing. It didn't feel like a networking thing. It felt, it was like incredibly fun, very informative. And just everyone was just in a good mood. It didn't feel forced. It felt very natural. Yeah, that's so great to hear. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is all about community building. It's really hard to build community online. Mm -hmm, <laughs> so mm -hmm. having everyone in that room and just, yeah, enjoying each other's company and conversation. You're right. It was it was just really nice to see the delight people had being there. Yeah. Bravo on making it happen and getting through it and creating such an incredible opportunity for people to connect and be inspired by each other and learn about what people are doing. It was really great. So hats off to you and everyone involved in putting it together. Thank you. Thank you so much. Can't wait for the next one. Yes. <laughs> I'm feeling pretty confident there will be one. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it too. Cool. Are you ready to have some fun now that it's all over? 
Oh man, on to the next project, honestly. <laughs> well, we can have some fun right here. We have a new thing that uh, we're doing on the podcast called Field to Fork Hot Takes, where I just throw some options and you pick one. And it's just sort of like a fun little rapid fire thing. Are you ready to dive in? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Biscuits or bagels? Mm, I'm going to go with bagels on that one. Mm-hmm. Any particular kind of bagel? Well, I have to say, my hat's off to all the local bagel producers. I do love them, mm -hmm. and I do love their bagels. But I'm really dying for someone to master the Chonga bagel from Starbucks. Oh. I just really want a local and sustainable version <laughs> that is like a perfect bagel with not too many seeds on top. Mm -hmm. And like just perfect amount of cheese, like holding all the seeds in. Nice and like squishy, but like a nice, mm -hmm. great you know, crusty outside. Yeah. That's, that's my dream. Okay, bagel community, you heard it here first. Get cracking on that. Uh, oysters or clams? Ooh, oysters. Chocolate or vanilla? Probably chocolate. Yeah, cider or beer? Depends on my mood. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say both on that one. Okay, that's fair enough. Uh, flour or corn? And I will just add tortillas to that. Yeah, sure. Also depends on my mood, depends on what's inside. Mm. If I'm eating out and I'm going to like a full Mexican place, whether it's big or small, and they're making street tacos, I want corn. Mm -hmm. And if I'm at home making like, you know, Midwest mom tacos, it's usually flour. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Ocean or lake? Ocean. Mm -hmm. I'm with you on that. Uh, winter, spring, summer or fall? Ooh, I'm a fall baby, so I have to say that I love the fall probably most of all. You're a gourd lover. <laughs> yeah. Uh, last one that is kind of controversial, and people have trouble wrapping their heads around this one, oil or vinegar? Ooh, I love a good tang. There's a lot of things I couldn't eat without it, mm -hmm. but oil is, like, essential. It's kind like, of essential. The world doesn't spin without oil. <laughs> I had to choose when I'd go with oil. Okay, fair enough. Well, those are all excellent choices. I agree with any choice that you make. It's your choice. That's the whole point. <laughs> um, great. Well, thanks again for uh, being on the podcast and for making Good Food Connections happen. Can't wait till the 2024 version. Are we already talking about 2024? I guess we just yep. did. <laughs> all right, cool. Thanks, Mariah. Thanks, Keith. Okay, so Becky. Yeah. Have you? I've never even heard of a chonga bagel. I've never heard of a chonga Chonga bagel. bagel. <laughs> Ch chonga bagel. I don't know what that is. I must be ubiquitous if it's a Starbucks product. Should we guess or should I? Well, she kind of talked about should it. Should I juggle it right? It's like a seedy delight. As a Jewish person, I'm instantly suspicious yeah. of the chonga bagel, <laughs> not even knowing what it is. Yeah. Does I'm... it have blueberries in it? Then oh, no. Oh, so goyim. If you can't put, if you can't put locks <laughs> in it, it ain't a bagel. We'll have to scope one of those out. And okay. I've, I thought Mariah's handling of the oil or vinegar fiasco was done quite Cla well. Classy. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that she got right to the heart of the matter, which is the world does not spin without the lubricant known as oil. Yeah. Yeah. It's very practical. It is. It's very practical. <laughs> In part two of our report on Good Food Connections, Becky and I look back at some of our favorite moments from the event and share interviews with some of the wonderful people we met there working to keep the Puget Sound food economy going strong. And you can listen to that episode right now. That's it for this episode of Field to Fork. If you like what you heard, make sure you don't miss a moment. Hit that follow button on your podcast player app. 
And while you're there, you could also leave us a great review. I know you've got it in you. And why stop there? Take a second to share our show with your friends and family. And if you have story ideas for Becky and I to explore together in future episodes, we'd love to hear from you. Drop us a DM on Instagram and Facebook, where our handle on both platforms is at Field to Fork Podcast. Might as well go ahead and follow our socials there too, right? I thought you might want to do that. Field to Fork is a Made with Bacon production, all rights reserved. Interviews have been edited for brevity and clarity. I'm Keith Bacon. Thanks for listening.